You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza, fortnightly we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are back with one of our favourite guests, Vidya Macon. Before we get started, I would like to acknowledge that I am on Gadigal land. And I am on Turrbal land, the traditional custodians of the land on which we work, live and record. And we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Vidya Macon is a composer, lyricist, singer and actor and is utterly stoked that her debut original musical, The Lucky Country, is making its world premiere this May at Hayes Theatre. Most renowned for her critically acclaimed performance as the original Australian Catherine Parr in Six, she is also a Green Room Award-nominated leading lady. Vidya is also going to be making her Melbourne Theatre Company debut later this year, playing Ruby in Tom Gleisner and Katie Weston's original new musical, Bloom. As a composer and lyricist, Vidya, alongside book writer Thusman Usain, was the inaugural recipient of the Create New South Wales New Musical Theatre Fellowship in 2021. Through the fellowship, the pair were commissioned to write a new musical about South Asian families living in suburban Australia, which is currently being developed. In 2020, Vidya wrote, directed and produced the viral sensation and original song, I Need You to See Me, a call to action to the entertainment industry for racial inclusivity. The song featured 101 IB Pock and Cald artists age 18 to 25. She is a 2015 graduate of the Griffith University Queensland Conservatorium Bachelor of Musical Theatre program and is extremely passionate about creating and performing works that champion minority voices to Australian audiences. Please welcome to the mic, Vidya. <laughs> Hi. It's always so weird, like, watching or listening someone read your bio and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I know. Cool, cool, cool. It's kind of like when someone sings happy birthday to you. Yes. Yes. You're like, oh, God, like, I can't. Oh, do I smile? <laughs> how do I react to this? <laughs> yeah, like how do I go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming at you from gorgeous Gadigal country as well. So excited to have you on. Well, back on to talk about the lucky country. It's been so exciting to kind of see little snippets here and there over the past few months and kind of the lead up to it. And obviously when this comes out, you will have already started rehearsals. But at this point in time, rehearsals start tomorrow tomorrow (laughs) which is crazy and so exciting and so 
we'll jump straight into it. For those who might not be super familiar, can you tell us a little bit about The Lucky Country? For sure. The Lucky Country is a song cycle slash concept musical about what it means to be Australian. Um, but we do it from the voices who we don't usually get to see or we don't often get to see on, um, on Australian stages. So that's kind of the concept of it. It's a bit of a tricky one to explain, I think, because the narrative through it is a conceptual one. And so each of the songs in the show are vignettes where you meet a whole range of different characters who are wacky and quirky and super Aussie in their own little ways. Um, but then, of course, we're talking about nationhood and country. And so it's it's really important we have a very strong First Nations through line, which kind of carries us through till the end of the show. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting work. It sounds, it's exactly what we need to be hearing and the type of work that I Agreed. personally want to see, <laughs> <laughs> which is so exciting that the Hayes is putting this on because definitely gone through a bit of a process with the musical itself. Is that correct? Like you've done a workshop before? Yeah, we've done quite a few workshops. The very, very first version of the show where it had a different name um, was done with Front and Centre, an amazing company in Melbourne where we got to do a reading and, yeah, get it kind of performed in its really initial stages. And it was a really different work back then. And then after that, Sonia kind of came on board and, you know, she's been a mentor and a colleague and a friend of mine for a few years and someone I really, really look up to. And so I asked her, like, what did you think of this? And she had a lot to say. But her biggest critique of it was, she's like, I don't think you realise how big an, a subject you are exploring. You're literally exploring one of the biggest things that exist, which is nationhood. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's probably weird to have like a tiny little, ju- like tiny little, not jukebox musical, little song cycle with four people. Yeah. So Sonia and I actually then through 2020, um, through the lockdown, I was living in Melbourne and I'd go to her house and we'd sit outside of her house on this little strip with grass, you know, like on, yeah, in Northgate. Yeah. Um, and we'd work together. We just workshopped more ideas about, okay, who are actually, what are the characters that we can explore? What are the stories that we can explore? How can we do it in a way that's not just Vidya's view on the nation, yeah. but this huge cross-section, you know, of people and voices. So two of the original songs have pretty much remained the same, or maybe three, but the rest of them were completely rewritten. Um, we came up with new characters And I think a cool thing with Sonia is we talked about the genres of these songs. And when you look at our country, we have so many different cultures and um, demographics that, you know, aren't even just culturally specific. There's, uh, we have just so many cross sections of people here and that's kind of what makes up a nation. So then we decided that for the show, we'd have every single song is a completely different genre and they almost sound like they're in different musicals. Um, but that to me is kind of the point. And it's been a bit of a nightmare for our incredible orchestrator, <laughs> Heidi Maguire, who's had to orchestrate like with the same yeah. band, all of these different styles. Like we move from like Aussie rock ballads to, um, an African Australian influence song to like a Kylie Minogue fever rave. <laughs> like wow. it's kind of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after I worked with Sonia in rewriting the piece and finding out actually, you know, what, what is it we're saying with this show, um, Hayes came on board, Hayes Theatre, and they have been so, so supportive. They funded three workshops for us. Wow. We've done an initial reading of the new version of The Lucky Country. 
um, we've done a cultural collaboration workshop where Sonia and I are both women of Indian descent, so we're both settler narratives on this land as much as we are women of colour. So uh, we got to work with a whole incredible team of First Nations artists who just, I feel like, expanded everything I even understand about the world and it was such a blessing and such a gift to... um, experience that generosity from this incredible group of artists so that was our cultural collaboration workshop um and then we also got to do an instrumentation workshop as I said all of the different songs are completely different styles so yeah. Hides has had to um yeah really work kind of hard she's looking at me and yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> to make it work and figure out how do we how do we do this in a way where we can try and make it as authentic as possible but also achieve that with a four-piece band plus a yidaki, which is a didgeridoo. Um, yes. Yeah, so we've had, I guess, four four readings slash workshops of the show to get to where we are. I was wondering what a yidaki was because I saw that within um, the description of the work and I thought that was really cool how you have so many different instrumentations used within the piece and that's, yeah, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> it's really, really cool. In our workshop we were even playing with like a Turkish oud because there's one – one of the songs is about two grey nomads who crash a Kentucky tour um, in Morocco, but they're both single parents and they kind of fall in love. Um, and so we have this song that's like set in Morocco. I know I love a meet cute song, but not with like your classic yeah, teenagers. Yeah. So that's what we have um, in the show, which is really, I love that song. It's really heartwarming. Um, actually, it was really interesting because these two characters bond over place in like they come from both from North Queensland and the woman is from Titawara country, which is kind of pops up again and again in the show. Um, and she's a First Nations woman of that land. And it was interesting watching Amy Soul, who is our cultural, our, our main cultural consultant and cultural collaborator. Um, and there's a lot of incredible, like there's a song that reaches to the trauma of this land. And it's, I won't talk too much about it because you have to come see it. Exactly. <laughs> but Amy... Amy actually was not crying at that because she, she, uh, they said they've met so many strong black women in their lives. It was the song that, ex- that you know, explored black joy mm. that they found so moving and touching and that's what had them in tears. So that was a really cool thing to oh, it's find out. So It's so exciting to not only just see new work but new work that really shows Australia and the cultural melting pot that is Australian, kind of everything that comes along with that, both the joy and the heartache of it all. It's like totally so exciting. Part of the, the premise of our show is how do we lean into the hard conversations? Mm. Like how do we acknowledge the last 280 years, I think it is, of colonisation, but also bring 60,000 years of history into who we are now, yeah. you know? Um how do we do that? Because there are a lot of conflicting voices and conflicting ideas. But how do we lean into those conversations and, and lean into that with the idea of nationhood rather than what we have done, which is cover everything up, not learn about things, only put up the statues of people like Governor Lachlan Macquarie and, you know, yes. um, John Batman and Captain Cook. How do we idolise the incredible First Nations people who have been here forever and who have fought to um, preserve their incredible culture. How do we acknowledge the fact that we've never been white Australia? Like, you know, Chinese immigration have been here. Go to any country town and there's a Chinese restaurant that's been there for like over a hundred years in some cases, you know, we have a song um, about that where 
we meet a waiter who's the son of a Chinese restaurateur. So he's a waiter and his life journey is that he will take over the restaurant and he lives in Broome, but he just dreams of being a nudist in Byron Bay. <laughs> and that's all he wants to do. And so that's the song. It's called Making My Way to Byron Bay. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So we have a lot of fun too. I think that's, that's a really important thing about the show is it's, I mean, I hope, but very funny and very tongue in cheek and like, it's a good time, you know, and we explore these, these big, big themes, but we also have fun doing it. We'll have fun getting there. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That sounds amazing. I love that. You've got to have fun with it too. Like there's definitely. Great theatre is enjoyable, you know, like you want to, you want an audience, they've spent their money, they're spending their night with you. You want them to have somewhat of a good time. A hundred percent. Before ripping their heart apart and putting it back together. <laughs> and I guess like what was your inspiration behind the show? Like what was the inspiration in creating this piece for you? Part of it I think came out of a frustration, to be honest, mm-hmm. a bit of a frustration of seeing commercial shows. And whenever I'd see, when I'd often see people of colour particularly um, represented in these big commercial Aussie musicals, they would always be two-dimensional. Um, there would often be racist jokes that were made at their expense. And I remember going to an audience, turning to an audience member who was a friend of mine, and I said, oh, this is a bit, like, I don't love it. And they're like, oh, it's just Aussie humour. And I'm like, nah, like, we're funnier than that, you know? We're funny. We have such gorgeous humour in this country. Let's not sink to that. Let's rise to something that is better and way more articulate and actually will make a lot more people laugh. Yeah. Um, so it came out of a frustration in that and I wanted to write something that expanded especially minority voices and people of colour to these three-dimensional characters that, you know, partly didn't have to be earnest all the time, that can just dream of being a nudist in Byron yeah. Bay, um, but also be, stick to that Australianness, but then also exploring this idea of Australian identity and Australian voice. So yeah back in 2018 was when I started and that was kind of the seed that lit the fire to okay no one else is going to do it well actually there's been a lot of like incredible First Nations shows that you know happen in Belvoir and stuff but in the musical theater sphere which I live in yes um yeah so I thought no one else is going to do it I'm going to do it I feel like we can open up our MT crowd. I think we need to give our audiences and our world a lot more credit to complex storytelling. Yes. And for us to be aware of, of that. And because I am of that world. I think it absolutely will because that's yes. and everything that you've described and I can't wait to be able to actually come and see it. But everything you've described is exactly the kind of theatre that I think not only do, you know, MT and theatre people love, but just general audiences. Something that will make you laugh and will make you cry whilst all still having such an important and impactful message and history behind it. That's a huge part of the show. It's been interesting, like, talking with our marketing team where they're like, who's the demographic? And I'm like, well, the tagline is an all-Aussie musical for all Aussies, so everyone. (laughs) But I think it it will speak to people in different ways. For some people, it will make them feel held. For some Mm. people, it will just let themselves feel represented, and that would be what they take from it. For some people, it will be educational. Um, the show at no point tries to preach. To me, it's more about mm-hmm. questioning yeah. and hopefully leaves people with wanting to have conversation. But I think it, like, yeah, I think it does speak because it's 
it's about Australia. It's about the Australian narrative um, in terms of who we are. And I think anyone living on this country, even if you're a foreigner visiting, um, there's something in it. Like, I, I truly mean it. And I don't think a lot of shows are like that. But I do, whenever I've tried to think, oh, who is this show for? I do think it's for everyone. And I think it's for everyone for different reasons. Mm. Absolutely. Everyone, I think, it's... You know, the best kind of theatre is everyone gets something from it. 100%. Don't often see theatre that is not just kind of one stylized piece and it's just like not one sound. So I'm so excited to see how that kind of all works together to create a a show. Totally. There's a part of me that also kind of feels like it's almost like a music festival. Almost. (laughs) Where, you know what I mean? Like... You can, I remember being at Falls one year and like watching Toto and then like the Hilltop Hoods, you know, yes. but you have a great time. At New Orleans Jazz Fest once, like we were watching incredible gospel choirs and blues tents and then we watched Katy Perry and then, <laughs> you know, Al Green. It's a bit like that where it's things that everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to ha- be here and have yeah. a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just, I'm so, I cannot wait to hear it. And it feels like so the the lucky country feels like it's coming at a, a really important time in creating new australian theater what changes and we've kind of talked about it a little bit but what changes do you want to see in the stories presented in mainstream theater i think that in the last few years in particular firstly it's been really cool to see a kind of rever- reverence for new australian musical theater yeah and there are so many shows now that have funding that are getting made which is amazing and you know with the commercial success of things like fangirls and the lovers which like oh my god so so (laughs) good both of them um i think it's really cool to have new works that are written by young women yeah and having been in six and getting to meet lucy and toby i remember as a as a writer i'd always look to my idols were people like stephen sondheim and lin-manuel miranda even and i'm like they seem so far away but in getting to do a show like six and getting to meet Lucy, and she's now one of my friends, I'm like, oh, I'm the same as you. You wrote that thing when you were 23 for your friends. And it turned out to be this thing that everybody loved. I can write authentically from my view, and let's see how it goes. But, you know, it kind of allows, it kind of gives you permission, and it definitely gave me the confidence to, yeah, speak to that. So, yeah, the first thing I would say is new Australian musicals, it's so amazing that there's just more funding and space for that in theatre companies and theatre companies are really interested in providing those works because even people who don't like musical theatre, I think sometimes secretly love musical theatre. And then on the other hand as well, racially, uh, there's been a big change. Like we've all seen it in the last few years. And I think something that needs to be acknowledged is that the voices from people of colour being like, yo, we're here. (laughs) That's been there forever. Sonia, my collaborator, has been working in this industry for 15 years saying the same things that I've been saying. It's just it happens. It just so happens that when I was saying it, which was really, really heard in 2020 in particular, when everyone was in lockdown, mm. Black Lives Matter was happening around the world. There was a big conversation about race in the industry. Um, I think people had this space or I don't know. They just started to listen. And then since then, we've seen a real big change. You look at any cast announcement now, it's very, very different. Well, most cast announcements (laughs) (laughs) Um, are very different in terms of, um, yeah, what we see. And I just think it's a great thing. Like, let's not miss out on this incredibly talented, amazing sector of people just because, you know, they don't look like Julie Andrews, um, who, by the way, I love. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But, you know, like... Yeah, so I can see it changing. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time to be in theatre. I feel like there's this lovely shift happening, which is exciting to see. And I think it's inspiring, especially as young people coming up in the industry and wanting to be in it. It's like, oh, there is changes. And I'm starting to see that it's starting to look like what I want theatre to look like. Absolutely. And I kind of feel like it's good for everyone because what it means is that people stop being seen as these cookie cutter things that fit into a box. When I first graduated, I kept getting to like the ends of audition calls and then getting told, well, you're not black enough or you're not Latinx enough or you're not this enough. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to be that. But also I wasn't white enough to play the roles that I really wanted to play. Whereas now I think even looking at the shows that are coming, it's, it's less about fulfilling a sort of racial stereotype, but actually going, okay, who is this woman that we need to play mm. like with Catherine Parr? And of course the color of my skin and my heritage and being an Indian woman on that stage, stopping the show and saying, I don't need your love. That says something, but it says something from a human yeah. point of view in the same way that like you look at the rest of the cast, they weren't looked at as um, something that is just the outside of them. It was like, I feel like everyone is now getting looked at as what is your spirit? Who yes. are you? What do you bring? What's your energy that you bring yes. to, the, to the place? And it's like, everyone is finally, finally starting to be seen for um, something that's a lot more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, because it tells such a different story, whether it be in new musicals, you know, golden age musicals, things we've heard a hundred times when they make that active choice with casting to look at who a person is as as a as a human being it completely changes the stories that you know even if we've already seen them a hundred times they become completely new and we get to see them in this new light like i recently saw rocky horror with Deidre Koo, and i have you know janet's oh i can't wait to see that i have never like been like particularly enamored with the role of Janet, but seeing Deidre and everything that she brought to it, I was like, this is such an amazing role that I would never have necessarily thought of as this strong female character. So it's so exciting to see people really, yeah, taking into consideration people's spirits and who they are just as a human being and what that brings to the role because it changes a role entirely for sure and it means you can flesh out a role I think there's sometimes a conversation and this is getting a bit off topic but sometimes there's a conversation about like um how we're not acting anymore but I think we are it's about who gets the chance to put on the mask and act yeah and who gets a chance to bring their humanity to it because great acting is from within too you know like the whole thing it's ex- it's yeah. lived experiences as well and what your lived experiences then bring to the role which usually sometimes you don't have anything in common with a role and sometimes you do have things in common with a role totally yeah <laughs> well I totally. guess moving into a bit of a game we're gonna do another game on the <laughs> podcast you got to um and today we're gonna do our game called swipe left or swipe right swipe left or right the first one is fairy bread. Oh, super like, yeah. super like, for sure. <laughs> but also hundreds and thousands that you use. We had this debate in six. Some people use like the ones that are like slightly longer. Oh, I'm like, no. no, that's not a hundred and thousand. They have to be little yeah. balls. They're like, that's the difference between like sprinkles and hundreds and thousands. Hundreds and thousands are like the little 
your little dots. That's just what they... The little... Yeah, that's how you make yeah. fairy bread. Yeah, super light. I didn't even know that people did that. That's yeah, just and not it's okay. Awful. Yeah. You don't do it. I think it may be a South Australian thing, but don't hold me to that. <laughs> people from South Australia love you. <laughs> All right, the next one is Vegemite. Oh, super light. Yes. <laughs> yes. Vegemite is the best, and I just don't understand people that don't like it. It just doesn't make yeah. sense. People get a bit weirded out about the way I do it because I like to have the toast cooled up a bit Ooh. and then I grab my butter and I kind of mix it with the Vegemite yeah. so it makes it like a bit of a paler colour and then spread that. And often people make watch me do that and go, that is gross. Well, I mean, but that's kind of what happens anyway. Exactly. But I don't want it like, – I don't want the butter to seep mm. into the toast. I want the butter to seep into the Vegemite and then that be on the toast. So wait, it doesn't – so what? I, I'm like a seeping – I'm like a butter first and then Vegemite after. Like the butter has to be like in the toast and then I put yeah, the Vegemite nah, on top. Not my way. Look, I'll still eat it and love it. That's interesting. I'm going to try that next time. Yeah, I've got to try that Please now. Please do. That's crazy. Please do. <laughs> and I guess if you come from Melbourne or have been to Melbourne, what do you think of coffee? Do you know I don't drink coffee? It like – it just makes me I'm so blah, 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 all the time. Like every morning as soon as I get up, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea for a show. Blah, 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 blah. This, 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 this. Um, like I'm awful to be around in the morning. So I think with coffee, I just go a bit crazy. You'd be off the wall. So I don't actually drink coffee. But I'm not, I'm, I, I would still say like swipe right, like nothing against it. Yeah. And Melbourne coffee is for sure the thing. And I love having a sip. Yeah. yeah. No. I only have like half strength because if I have a full coffee, yeah. I think that's too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would say, like, coffee, swipe right, coffee breath, big Oh, note. yeah. It's the worst. But also, like... Chai, up. But it has to be done well. Like, syrup chai, absolutely not. Like, proper masala chai. Okay, the next one is Bondi Beach. I love the beach, and I'm there, like, every day when I'm in Sydney. But I never, ever go... I've never... I haven't been to Bondi in, like, 20 years. But I, like, around the corner... The little yep. rocky bit, yeah. big, big yes. But I think Bondi Beach is a no. Yeah, See, yeah. That's exactly why I put that question in because I was like, I just, mm-hmm. Bondi Beach feels a little bit, not overrated, like it's still a beautiful location, but it's just, it's, it's so busy. always yeah. so busy. And too commercial. Like give me a small, give me a small little area where I can jump in the water, lie on the rocks, Yeah, you know. Do my Absolutely. Thing. Agreed. Agreed. And we've actually asked a couple of people this question, but I think it's just fun. Uh, what do you think of Australian Idol? Yeah, I think Swipe Right. I think I like it. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch it as a kid, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think the nostalgia is real. Yeah. But yeah, old old Aussie Idol, definite, definite, definite Swipe Right. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you very much for playing our game. <laughs> that was a bit of Swipe Left and Swipe Right. And I guess getting back into a bit of The Lucky Country, this is a hard question. It's like picking a favourite child. But do you have a favourite character or moment in the show? That is a really hard question. My favourite lyric in the show, Heidi and Sonia always laugh at me at this because, like, there's some beautiful, beautiful moments in the show and, like, gorgeous depth, um, lyrics with depth and complexity, you know, especially when we get to the heart of it. Um, Actually, I'd say one of my favourite songs is um, the veteran song, which, just come and watch it. I think it's beautiful. Carlos is going to do an incredible job of it. Um, but my favourite lyric in the whole show is from the Byron Bay song where he goes, 
No more black bean sauce enough. It's time to black bean in the buff. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite lyric. That actually. is that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. And if you already weren't convinced to see this show, that's I think enough. That's like done. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I want to get that on a shirt. Like it's time to black bean in the buff. Yes. yes. Please do merch, merch for guys. this show. I will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you've just announced the cast, and the cast is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm personally so excited to see Milo because I'm obsessed with Milo in just we every possible Milo way. <laughs> but what exciting? What what challenges are you excited to take on with the show? Juggling being the writer and also being in the cast. You know, it's really interesting. I think because we had such a long um, and very thorough workshop <laughs> process. <laughs> My brain just stopped working. Workshop process. Um, I haven't really had to think as a writer for a little while. Like everyone's like, whoa, you must be exhausted. I'm like, not really. I've just been hi- ri- um, helping hides with, you know, getting orchestrations up and notes and demos yeah. and things, um, rehearsal tracks and whatnot. So I don't know. Part of the reason as to why we have Ava and I both sharing the role is so that in the rehearsal room, especially I can jump out and watch and then jump back in. Mm. And she's absolutely incredible. So I can't wait for her to do some of the songs as well. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think, you know, part, part of what I've also had to learn in the in the workshop process is letting go of your baby. I definitely had I struggled yeah. with that, absolutely, in the beginning bits where actually once you get to the room where you're working with actors, your job is kind of done. Even though it's still changing and moving, you have to let your collaborators do their thing to then allow you to do your thing, which happens at yeah. home or what happens in your studio. Um, and that's really tricky, I think, as a writer. Um, I'm really fortunate to have someone like Sonia who she's just not afraid to ever pull me up on on lyric. And, like, that's why it's music and lyrics by video making in collaboration with Sonia Suarez because mm. I write the songs and we literally go through it with a fine comb. Yeah, so, so Sonia will often say, um, you know, oh, I think this lyric doesn't speak to exactly what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, but I love that lyric because look at the, like, rhyme setting and look at, like, the way that it works with this. And more often than not, when I listen to what she said, then a little while later after I, you know, let my ego get out of the way, I go, oh, you're a genius. Mm. That's what that does. And what it actually does is it opens up it all. So actually, to answer your question about going into the rehearsal room, I'm really excited. I'm actually now excited to just let go of this thing. It's not my baby anymore. Hides orchestrate. Same thing with Hides' orchestrations, you know, because um, I'm a musician as well. And that's where I come at so much of it from. When she'll put different lines, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And then I'll wait a second and I'll be like, actually, that's brilliant. And what you've just done to my song is open it up. So, yeah, I'm actually, I'm excited to kind of just get back in the room as a performer and um, sink my teeth into it, yeah, as the characters that I'll be playing. And I think it's a bit of an unknown as to how we'll go juggling it, but I guess I can tell you in four weeks' time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think to sum up, like, it is just so exciting when, you do let it go and you allow yourself to mm. let it go and you get over that thing that wants to make you stop yeah. doing that. It's so hard as a writer, but you just, I think if you want to make great work, you have to do that. Um, and then you see what other people bring to it and it's its like, it makes me want to cry. Like it's just, that's how we make magic. I think that's how we 
you know, make incredible, incredible things. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a hard thing to be like, okay, this is now like your work. I've let go of the reins and want to see it's because it's crazy how different and how it changes things when you let other people do your work because you're like, I never, you know, you see things that you never thought of before and meanings. Well, one of the songs I didn't realize was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like we, one of the songs that Milo will sing in the workshop, we had um, incredible Grace Driscoll. Oh my God. Watch her career. She's insane. Um, singing that role. And one of the songs in it was like, um, it's about a young refugee who's growing a garden and um, singing about all the lessons that her mother has taught her through the metaphor of you have to water the yeah. things you have to wait. Sometimes they don't grow, no matter how hard you try. You have to try again, that you wait for the sun. And I always thought it was just like a beautiful, cute, earnest song. And when Grace did it, it became funny. And I went, oh, this is actually a funny song. I didn't realize. So, yeah, when you let this, even the actors bring what they bring to the space, that is awesome. Yeah, and I guess having three different workshops and now a completely different cast as well, it's so interesting to see what each of them bring to each role that then you can take and develop more or look at that further. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, look at our cast. So good. Just look at them. They're all incredible, like blown away by the tapes, like Milo and Jeffrey and just all of them. Um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm just obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them. I think I'm going to lose my cool tomorrow. I'll be like, oh my God. Hi. You're amazing. Nice to meet you. I mean, that must be the fun part of the process when you find the people that you go, oh my God, they're going to be so great in this role. Absolutely. (laughs) And I guess, what do you hope that the audiences are going to take away from the lucky country? I think kind of what I said before, I think it depends on who you are. I think for some people, like I said, it will hold you. Mm. Um, For some people, you'll feel represented. Some people, it's just a fun time out. For some people, it will make you question yourself and question what you thought about Australian identity. If anything, I hope you leave feeling something. Mm. Even if someone comes and hates the show, that's great. Uh, You know, as long as it made you feel something, I think, um, is important. And the big thing about this show, I think, is conversation that it starts conversation. No matter what your reaction to it is, when you leave the theatre and you look to the people around you and go, hmm, what do you think about that? Then I think we've done our job. Yeah. I don't ever want to write theatre that prescribes a certain ideology to make people think yeah. a certain way. That's church. That's not yeah. theatre. I want to make people question things and experience something. So that's what my hopes are with this. Absolutely. That. I'm so <laughs> that's beautiful. beyond excited to see this Tori's like I'm booking a seat right now <laughs> three if I was not in Brisbane oh you're gonna have to tour it that's that's the other thing once it Please. keeps going keep it going because I want I wish that we could see some more work like that up here and my mom's from like I'm from Brizzy and mom keeps going you're gonna bring it to Brisbane I'm like I'm trying mom I'm trying we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there we're eventually. gonna do the first yeah. season first yeah <laughs> like after this one we'll, we'll look at it after this one absolutely but I guess our final kind of question for the day is in three words why should oh. we see the lucky country to be fair I have been sold since you started speaking this morning <laughs> but for those listening three words starts the conversation Mm. that's perfect 
snappy and it's funny (laughs) (laughs) so excited just to see fresh australian music theater work because yes there has been some phenomenal stuff that has been happening recently but it's only it only feels like in the past i want to say like five six years that we've really started to see work and not only see it but people have started to really appreciated aussie theater like with things like the lovers and with fangirls yeah I remember back in the day when it was like, oh my God, an Aussie accent on stage. I don't know how to react yeah, to that. Yeah. That was when we first did Six back in 2019. Yeah. That, was a, that was a big thing even then. It humanizes us. Yeah. Where we don't, we don't have to think of ourselves as archetypes, as like Aussie mates, even though we are that, um, we can be so much more too. Yeah. And I think that's why it's really important to hear your voice on stage in many different ways, not just in the typical Aussie out of town way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have come to the end of our interview today. So thank you so much again for taking the time to come on and chat to us. We are so excited for the lucky country. And obviously for those listening, if you haven't already by the end of this interview, which I would expect that you have already bought tickets, (laughs) but if you haven't, you can find out more information at lucky country musical on Instagram. Um, and buy tickets it opens on the 26th of may which is so soon when this airs same day as the little mermaid movie go watch the little mermaid in the day and then come watch lucky country at night and you'll have a melanin explosion just like dopamine (laughs) for days yeah exactly (laughs) and obviously follow vidya as well which is just literally vidya making on instagram because (laughs) thank you does and is doing so much phenomenal work i know more other work to come and all the other shows like bloom you're in this year it's very exciting and follow video's journey because we all are (laughs) thanks i know i haven't even started thinking about that which is going to be absolutely amazing but yeah i think this year is the the year of debuts but before we go we have a section on our podcast which you've done before and we're going to make you do it again which is bedtime stories which is a show mishap or a costume malfunction or just a funny story (laughs) that you just remember from maybe writing this show from a show you've done previously. Just something that just, you know, gives you the warm fuzzies a little bit. I can't think of something from writing this show besides me laughing at myself at stupid, stupid lyrics. I guess it's not like a funny thing but to do with writing this show. Like for the Byron Bay song, I remember I did an Instagram call out to like, what are different ways that people talk about being naked? And that was really interesting. But I reckon as like the funny stuff, I like, we have so many from six that are really hilarious. There was one show where in the Sydney Opera House, the stage was quite small. And to get into the wings, we didn't really have wings. So you had to run down these little stairs. And for the two seconds that we had off, like put the rough on, get a drink of water and then come on for House of Holbein. And there was this one... Um, we'd always been told you have to do it really quickly because we have not much time and video you're the first one off so you need to go quickly because Phoenix and Lauren behind you um, need to have the time so that's what I was thinking and there was this one show where I went and did that and I was running off but I I don't know what happened I like tripped and fell and then all Lauren and Phoenix could see in slow motion was this big blue plank like fall and like slide down (laughs) slide down the stairs and sue our costume lady uh, was waiting and so she just saw these like sparkly boots enter the thing and then me crawling out <laughs> grabbing my thing grabbing my ruff standing up and then running back on stage and yeah lauren 
Lauren really lost it. It was pretty funny. I feel like there is so much room in theatre in general, but also in Six for just chaos. And the chaos is what makes it too, because it, it brings like the, the reality and the true friendship and the the fun, you know, it keeps it alive. That's live theatre. Well, thank you so much for that story. That was great. I love it. <laughs> and thank you for coming on again. It was so nice to see you again. Thank you. Great to see you guys. Yeah, like everything you've achieved from the last time we spoke to you till now, like the last time was during six and now you've... 2021. Yeah, and now you've written this show and, and also another one and you've done so many incredible things since then. So congratulations on the show and best of luck in the rehearsal room. Thank you so much. I can't wait. But until next time guys stay happy healthy and safe and we'll see you then bye hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.